What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Masters of Community podcast. My name is David Spinks, founder of CMX and VP of Community at Bevy. Each week, I bring you an expert who will help you take your community to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. I just want to give you a quick heads up that my new book, The Business of Belonging, How to Make Community Your Competitive Advantage, is now available anywhere where you can buy books on Amazon and any bookstore. It is the complete collection of everything I've learned from the last 13 years and how to build community for your business and all of the frameworks and models that the CMX team has developed to teach businesses how to do this work. It's all in here. I really appreciate all your support. You can go and order it now. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce the next guest to the community corner, although he needs no introduction, David Sphinx. He is the founder of CMX, the VP of Community at Bevy, and today we're talking about CMX Summit. With our recent announcements about CMX Summit 2021, we thought it'd be fun to take a trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about where Summit started and where it's going this year. So here I am with Beth McIntyre, our head of community, and we're going to be talking about CMX Summit today. Yeah, because we've just announced it. The news is out there. The internet is all abuzz talking about CMX Summit 2021. So we thought it would be fun to kind of talk about where CMX came from, where Summit came from, kind of the story, take a trip down memory lane, and where it's going this year. Yeah, it's been a long journey to get to this point. And now everything was kind of thrown for a loop by COVID and we've had to adapt a lot. And there are a couple points where CMX completely almost died along that journey and could have just not existed today. Well, okay. So this is exactly why we're doing this because I know everybody wants to hear that story from you, David. So, well, yeah, jump right in. Tell us about the first ever CMX Summit and then tell us about the second CMX Summit. (laughs) Yeah. So the first CMX Summit was a pretty big success. So the way it started was I was actually running a different company with my friend Nadia Ekbal called Feast. We were an online cooking school that was shipping ingredients to people's homes. I don't know if you knew about this, Beth. This was my company before CMX. And it did okay. We raised some money. We went through 500 startups and did some cool things, but it wasn't really taking off. We were starting to lose energy. And for many years, I had wanted to do a conference for community managers because in the background of all my entrepreneurship, I had been a community builder, working with different companies, building community, director of community for a company called Zarly for a while. And I co-founded the communitymanager.com with Jen Petey and Brett Petersell. Uh, were two of my friends in New York. And the communitymanager.com was just kind of like a blog and a job board and a place for community managers to learn and connect kind of preceding CMX. And we wanted to do a conference But none of us knew how to do a conference. It felt very overwhelming to do a conference. There's so many logistics and details and expenses. And so it just like for years sat as this idea. And I guess at some point I had told my friend Max Altschuler the idea for CMX Summit and that I one day wanted to do a conference specifically for the community industry because which even to me sounded a little crazy at the time. Like, could you actually do a whole conference just on community management? I wasn't even sure if there were enough community managers in the world to fill up a room. But I started meeting so many amazing community professionals. And I was like, all right, I think think there's an opportunity. If we build it, they will come kind of thing. And so one day, Max came to me and he had just launched his first conference called Sales Hacker. And he was like, hey, man, I know you've been wanting to do this conference for a long time. 
I know how to run conferences now. I like just ran one. So what if I did all the logistics of kind of the backend stuff and I handled sponsorships and you just focused on getting great speakers and marketing it and we launched this conference? And Feast, like I said, was kind of zombieing around a little bit. We weren't sure what we were going to do with it. I was running out of money. I was like, maybe this is a chance to bring in some extra income and finally get to give this a test. So I said, all right, screw it. Let's try it. And we shook hands. And from the day we shook hands to the actual conference happening was six weeks. Oh my goodness. Six weeks. So we started by, I just first emailed a bunch of people that I thought would be good speakers that I already had relationships with. And I said, hey, if we throw this conference, would you come speak? And they said, yes. I said, great. And we got like Lagaya Tishi from Airbnb and Emily Castor from Lyft and some Josh Miller from Facebook, some really great speakers. And so I said, great. Then I started emailing like hundreds of community managers just one-on-one and saying like, hey, if I do this conference, would you come? And here are some of the speakers that are going to be there. And people started saying yes. And we're like, all right, that seems pretty validating. So we put up an event page, started selling tickets and tickets started selling. And once we got enough money to put a down payment on a venue, we put a down payment on a venue. And then when we got enough money for a caterer, we put money down for a caterer. But we didn't have anything planned as we were already selling tickets. So it was a little bit risky in that way. Isn't that kind of like Fire Festival? A little bit. <laughs> I feel like there's a documentary. We definitely similar. could have been Fire Festival. I mean, we're talking about maybe one one thousandth of the budget <laughs> that they were planning on. Like we were still pretty modest. At the end of the day, if like a bunch of people bought tickets, but we weren't going to get to the point we needed to, we would have been able to refund people. And like there was a certain financial risk that Max and I took on that like, yeah, we would have had to eat the cost of down payments and stuff. But, you know, that was the risk we were willing to take. And so, yeah, we ended up having the event and 300 people came from around the world, different countries. People flew out within six weeks to come to this event. And it was just like, you know, that moment where people walked into the room and for the first time in their career felt like everyone around them was doing similar work to them and understood what they were doing and believed that community was important. And they felt validated and seen for the first time. And then we got on stage and said, we believe community is the future of business and the work you're doing is extremely important and valuable. And they're used to hearing like, what does a community manager do? You manage a Facebook page? Oh, (laughs) why don't you just have the intern do that? And so it was really incredible, heartwarming, energizing experience. And that's when I was like, oh, this is what I should be doing. And so we ended up winding down Feast and I switched my full-time focus over to CMX. Cool. I know that probably everyone listening to this, and I know me too, have walked into a room and like dreaded having people ask what you do for work. Because it's like, okay, I have to explain the whole industry. I have to explain the tech industry. I have to explain the brand that I work for. I have to explain what I do. And so there is definitely a sense of relief when you go to a CMX event and you know you don't have to explain what you do to people. And when you do talk about work, they'll know what you're talking about. They'll be excited. Exactly. So that's, I can definitely connect with that. Yeah, it's like before that, every conference that a community manager would go to, you know, if you were a marketer, you'd be like, yeah, I do marketing for this brand. And people are like, okay, I understand what marketing is. But they were usually one of very few community professionals or community managers there. And they just would constantly have to explain all of the background and context around what they do. And it's absolutely exhausting. Yeah. And so 
the first CMX Summit roaring success. Yeah. Totally amazing. Put CMX on the map. And then second CMX Summit wasn't as hot or what? Second CMX Summit wasn't as smooth of a ride. We almost died. Yeah. Six months after starting CMX, CMX almost ceased to be. So we had the success in San Francisco and Max and I, both Long Islanders from New York, were like, all right, like big market in San Francisco. Let's launch our New York conference now. And we're already thinking big. We're going to have conferences all over the world. And so we said, okay, we sold 300 tickets for San Francisco. Let's go bigger for New York. Let's go 400. And we had more time. We had a little bit of budget from the profit we made from the first event. So we started like booking venues and stuff like that earlier. And man, we just hustled and hustled and hustled to sell tickets. And they just weren't moving. Turns out we learned the hard way. New York's a much harder market to sell conferences in. There's a reason that a lot of conferences don't exist in New York City, actually. It's very expensive for people to travel to. It's just expensive all around. There's less options for venues to be able to host big conferences. And just something about New York, like New Yorkers are weird like this too. It's like if they're in Brooklyn and there's a conference in Manhattan, they're like, I'm not, I'm not crossing the bridge. Screw that. <laughs> it's a thing in New York. It's like people don't want to go into another neighborhood. And so oh, for various reasons, we just couldn't move the tickets. And we're like, all right, but if you've ever run a conference before, you know that most of the tickets sell in the last month leading up to the event. So we're like, all right, we're going to get a big pop at the end. And then we hit a month and the big pop never happened. It just continued to like, slowly sell tickets. And we were like, oh shit, what do we do? And we were facing about $50,000 in a loss, which for both Max and I, who were paying for this thing out of pocket, we would have just had to eat that cost and shut CMX down the next day. And so, and having people not get the conference or not get their money back or something like that, just that's was never an option for us. Like we would have made sure everyone felt whole. And so... I give Max a lot of credit. He, Max is a like, very scrappy entrepreneur. And he just started looking up venues and was able to find a new venue in uh, Soho that was like office that was kind of vacant. And they were doing some random events there sometimes. And it was like one-tenth of the cost. And so we did the math and we were like, even with the cancellation fees and the down payments and everything from our current venue we would save a lot of money by moving to this other venue. And so we had to reach out to that first venue. We're like, we are so, 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 so sorry. All the apologies. We paid them more than we had to pay them in the end just to like try to make them whole. And we switched venues two weeks before the conference. So imagine like caterers, design, stage building, just the aesthetic of the whole event, how we decorate it, what we've been telling everyone was the address of the like communication with attendees, everything just had to be rebuilt two weeks before the event. We hustled. We were able to get a couple sponsors who really believed in what we were doing and were able to kind of put in a little more money and sold enough tickets. And we basically literally got to like break even. We did the math of just how can we get to break even? We got to break even and lived to be able to continue to do CMX Summit. And you know what? Like The reviews of that event were very high. People loved it. They had no idea that there was this whole other vision and plan. For us, we're like, oh, this is such a lesser version of what we're envisioning. But people loved it. It felt very humble. People still talk about that event today and how impactful it was for them. And it was just, yeah, it was scary. Very, very stressful. 
we were able to survive long enough to be able to do our next event in San Francisco. And we did three conferences our first year. That was all in one year. So we did the third one in San Francisco and that one went well, it grew and we're able to continue growing from there. Well, I'm glad that you no longer try to plan conferences within like six weeks. I'm glad that we have changed that (laughs) (laughs) habit. And Marie on our team would literally kill me if if I gave her six (laughs) weeks to plan a conference. I think you're probably right. Well, while we're here on memory lane, I want to talk just quickly about my first ever CMX Summit because I attended my first CMX Summit as not an employee of CMX. That's right. I was brand new to the community world, brand new to the tech industry, really, and attended CMX with Bevy as a sponsor. I had never attended a conference before, not a corporate conference, and I had no idea what to expect. But I remember everybody was so nice to me, and I had real imposter syndrome, and rightfully so, because I was so, so green. But the questions people asked me, and if I didn't know the answer to their question, they didn't bat an eye. They just asked a different question and and were excited to learn more about me in whatever capacity I felt comfortable sharing. And I had such a wonderful time at that conference. But I think the important part of the learning for me was that I went to another conference a few months after. Different, not CMX. It was for an event, the event industry. And wow, that conference sucked in comparison. (laughs) I don't like, I didn't realize how lovely the people at CMX were until I met the people at the other conference who were really only there for sales. They looked at me like a connection, like a networking opportunity, not as a peer, not as a human being with a story to tell. So it was really in seeing the opposite conference type that I learned how special and magical CMX Summit really was, and just how cool this community truly is. So imagine my excitement when I got to work with CMX full-time. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of joke around that we're kind of cheating by doing a conference of community builders, because by default, everyone in the room is going to be kind, empathetic, want like a giver who wants to help other people, pretty social even if they're introverted, like their job is literally to engage with people. And so they know how to listen and learn and everyone just wants to help each other. So it really is just a whole different vibe at CMX Summit. I've been to a lot of conferences in my career and obviously I'm biased, but I mean, there's really nothing like CMX Summit. I end up going to that event once a year now that we do it once a year. And I just like, I feel like it just gives me energy for the rest of the year that I just float on. And I just can't wait to get back and see everyone again. Well, and that's a good segue, actually, because we the magic definitely happens in person. But obviously, with the world switching to virtual last year, CMX Summit 2020 was the first ever virtual conference that CMX ran. We blew so many records out of the water. Like We had more attendees, more people checked in. We had attendees from more countries in like represented than ever before. We had more diversity on stage. And I think that a huge reason for that was because it was virtual. It was just more accessible. Yeah. But we also, I think people always love to talk about the fun activities. We had talking parrots. We had pasta class. We had cocktail class. We had a DJ. And again, that's a testament to Anne-Marie, our events manager, who 
truly embodies the, if you can dream it, you can do it. Oh yeah. And just like <laughs> goes all out for these events. She really does. It's wild. Like Emery could just throw out an idea and I've learned now to just like trust that she can make it happen. Cause in the past I'm like, really? Like, talking parrots and a DJ and ice sculpture carvings. And like, where do these ideas even come from? And then like we get to the event and I'm like, holy shit, she did all of those things. <laughs> it's all here. So big testament to Anne-Marie's visionary ideas and follow through because a lot of people have these ideas and you won't see it at a lot of virtual events. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just add to that the virtual event, there's certainly a trade-off and being in person, there's nothing that can replace that. And we're all very excited for the day where CMX can come back and be fully in person again because we will all be able to gather and hang out after the events. Like the magic often happens at the bars and restaurants after the event and running into friends and hugging. Remember hugging? Like we'll be able to hug again. So I can't wait for that. That said, the beauty of the virtual being forced to go virtual for the last year and for this year is that it does make it a lot more accessible. And our mission with CMX is to advance the community industry and help community professionals thrive. And our goal has always been to grow this industry, get more businesses investing in community. And so we were able to get 5,000 people registered for this event. That's a 5x growth from the previous in-person event. That's huge. It's getting more people involved, getting more people into the industry, getting more people into the community, and setting us up for a lot of success for future events as well. And this year is going to be no different. It's going to be an incredible virtual event. We do a lot to bring that magic into the virtual space. It's definitely going to be a different virtual event from any other virtual events you hosted with lots of interactive opportunities, photo booths. You will have a chance to talk to other community members one-on-one and join small discussion groups, join small workshops. We try to create opportunities for serendipity and ways for you to connect with each other. And whether you're seeing old friends or forming new connections that you can meet someone at this event that becomes someone you end up relying on and connecting with for the rest of your career. And we hear that so often from people who come to CMX Summit. is like, I met this person five years ago at CMX Summit and we still talk every week and support each other or we ended up working together. Or they ended up hiring me or we partnered on a project. That happens all the time and that will happen this year too. Well, and speaking of this year, I would love to hear your thoughts. This year, we have launched the first ever theme, overarching theme for CMX Summit. So this year, our theme is Rise. What are your thoughts? Tell us about that. I told our team this recently. It's like, I think this event may be the most impactful event we'll have ever hosted because it's coming at a really critical time in the evolution of business and the community industry. And this concept of community-driven business has become very in vogue. It's kind of taken the business world by storm. And that means that we have an opportunity right now to really establish community and make sure it is integrated into business for the long run. Not just like when the next hot thing comes, we'll forget about community-driven business. I think community is going to be ingrained in businesses the way marketing is. And CMX Summit this year is an opportunity to ensure that that happens by providing community teams with the education, the connections, the narrative, just to be a part of this thing that's feeling bigger and bigger every day. 
and be able to walk away with those tools, those learnings, those connections that they need to be really successful at building community for their businesses. So rise is the theme. It's all around the rise of community-driven business, the rise of the community industry, the rise of the community professional. We have kind of three sub-themes within that around the rise of community-driven business. We're looking at the community career path and the... What was the third one? Community, culture, and innovation. That's right. Community, culture, and innovation. So looking at how the culture of the community industry is shifting and the future of the community industry. Where do things go from here? How are new tools and technology being built to help community teams work more effectively? How is community-driven business going to change over the next five to 10 years? So how will this industry innovate? Um, Very excited for the theme, very excited for this event. I think it's going to be an event that everyone in this industry will remember for a long time to come. And speaking of everyone in this industry, we've also made our tickets free. So we're hoping that everyone in this industry will be able to attend and finances won't be the reason you can't. This also includes the full two days of our conference. CMX Summit takes place over two days. This also includes the workshop day. So our workshops for the first time ever are completely free as well. So again, we're really hoping that we can just reach as many people as possible and make sure that we're helping community professionals thrive through another great event. So pumped. So very pumped. (laughs) Cool. Well, that, I mean... I'm excited. Lovely trip down memory lane. Lovely view into the future here. I feel like we all have to wear sunglasses because the future is so bright. (laughs) Thanks so much for chatting, David. It's been such a pleasure. Likewise. Always a pleasure, Beth. The Masters of Community is brought to you by CMX, the world's largest network of community professionals, and Bevy, the enterprise platform powering communities for the world's leading brands. This episode was edited and produced by Finesse Media. Music was provided by Seiji Cataldo and design was provided by Virginia DeMarco. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review in iTunes. It's a huge help for helping us get this podcast in front of more people. We really, really appreciate it. And share it with your networks. The more people that learn about the power of community, the better. We have a new episode every week. So until then, thank you so much for listening and see you next time.